This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. The Bird Show. It's not a hypothetical situation, but I'm going to run it by Mo as though it happened to him. So there you are. You are on a first date, right? And the woman that you're dating, very successful. Mm-hmm. Right? She's got a lot of money in the bank, right? And while you're out with her, during the conversation, she asks you about your bank account info. She wants to see, she wants to see some paper. All right? She wants date. to actually see how much you got in your bank account. Do you go for it? You immediately leave. Absolutely not. I'm not showing her my bank account information on a first date. I, I probably would leave. And to be honest, like, if you're leaving all your money in a checking or savings account, well, then you're being stupid with your money. <laughs> like, you needed in better, you needed in better accounts that are going to get you better interest. So, Sophia Franklin has a podcast called Sophia with an F. She used to be part of Call Her Daddy. And she was on TikTok last week, and she's saying she does this now. So, if she's out on a date with a guy, because she's very successful, Right. She'll ask the dude about his bank account and his bank account info. So here she is talking about it on the podcast. I'm not joking. I have asked the last three dudes I've dated for their bank account info on the first date. I don't judge people's actions. I look at the intention behind it. So like, why do you ask for that? Because I only want to date a wealthy guy that has money. Valid, so you're getting straight to the point. I think, you know, I have a job. I'm very successful. So I think I have everything right to be like, hi, are we on the same level or am I wasting my time? So the problem here is that the only value she's looking at is money. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's, she says let's level. call it what are it we- is. That's a shallow thing. I mean, it, 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 it's one thing to want somebody that is capable and can take care of themselves, et cetera. But you only want to date somebody who is wealthy. I feel like you're missing out on a lot of good guys. That's just my personal take because my husband wasn't wealthy. And um, he's, I think, far and above greater than any of the rich guys that I ever dated. I dated rich dudes who drove fancy cars. Invited you to New York and spit cheese on your feet. That was (laughs) something completely different. And that was the intern that had her feet spit with cheese on. Um, but, you know, if if that's what's going to make you happy, then so be it. But I don't think that's really what's going to make you happy. She's putting all the value on money, like you say, with Bart, right? Yeah. So there's got to be equity or there has to, it has to be equal in the relationship somehow, some way. So if somebody's bringing all that cash in, then somebody else in the relationship has to, like your relationship is a perfect example. But we're talking down, like we're talking like years down the road. If you are just starting to date somebody, like you're getting to know them and their bank account is going to determine whether or not you go on a second date with them, that's shallow. Mm -hmm. Well, then don't call it dating. Call it looking for a sugar daddy because that to me is what that communicated because if you care so much that you need physical proof of how much somebody makes, you're not looking for a partner. You're looking for a bank account, literally. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't believe in this at all, but she's not looking for a sugar daddy. She's got her own money and she's saying like, look, I'm making this money. I'm doing my podcast every day. I bust my ass. So I want somebody that's on equal footing for me. So she doesn't really need a sugar daddy. She's just looking for somebody financially 
necessarily equal, but she's eliminating everything else that somebody might bring to the relationship to make it equal. I, I get that she wants somebody to match her energy. If that's your preference, do you. But at the end of the day, it just seems like there's something to asking somebody, what do you do for a living? What are you doing with your life? How ambitious are you? Can you provide if I need you to? That's fine. But to ask for my actual number, mm -hmm. to compare it to your number on a first date, and that's all you're going off, yeah, you're going to have a rough time out here. <laughs> so she, again, and here I am sticking up for her, right? Uh, she's saying she's only doing this for efficiency. She doesn't have a whole bunch of time to be dating dudes that are scrubs and stuff like that. So she's saying the same thing you're saying, Mo, except she's doing it in the first couple of minutes. So what happens when you meet a guy that does match that but has nothing else you're looking for? Because mm. I feel like you're going to run mm -hmm. into that quite often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it just seems like it should be more. And I get she wants to be protective of what she has built financially and doesn't want a guy coming in and skimming off of her hard work and taking her money, et cetera. But, yeah, I... I like, if roles were reversed, mm -hmm. I couldn't fathom going out with a guy and him being like, all right, I got to see your bank accounts to know that you're on equal footing and the same level as me. She just needs to do what I do and look up their address on Zillow, <laughs> see what they paid for their house. <laughs> it's a lot less creepy, and you get to see what the inside of their condo looks like. Do you like. really do that? Yes, I told you guys this. She didn't tell us that. That, that really. was all, one of the reasons I stayed with a guy. He's like, he owns a condo in a part of town that I really like. <laughs> I kid you not, it was a really nice condo. Anyway. Have you ever started to date a guy and then looked up where he lives on Zillow and the house was just trash and you're like, I'm not going out with this guy again? No, because I wouldn't date a guy who would buy a trash house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get back to this email here. Uh, he's worried about his fiance putting on some weight after they get married. I guess we haven't covered this one yet. Yeah, so whew, this one's going to be really, really <laughs> met with not a lot of embrace, I don't think. Yeah, and I think he knows that. Hey, Bert Show, I know I'm going to get blasted, which is why I'd like you to keep me anonymous. I'm engaged to the love of my life. We've been together for six years and we'll be getting married next spring. We're one of the last couples of our friend group to get married. There's something I've noticed about the other couples who are married. Every single one of them has gained a substantial amount of weight since getting married. I'm talking about both the wife and husband, and not just a few pounds. There's the freshman 15 when you go to college. Apparently, there's the newlywed 35 after you get married. I'm genuinely concerned that my fiancé will follow suit. Hear me out before you dub me the most shallow man on the face of the earth. Oh, we got a theme going on here. Yeah, right. Fitness isn't only my job, but it's my life. It, what, it's what brings me joy. My fiancé and I met at the gym, and fitness and health has been a big part of our relationship. So many married couples we know have become sedentary and overly comfortable. How can I assure that doesn't happen to us? It's truly got me wondering if marriage is right for us, or rather me. Why can't we just stay engaged? Not sure how I can sell that one to my fiancé. Yeah, because people don't put on weight during the engagement. It's only when they get married. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Oh, <laughs> Cass is all ready. Just ready. She's jumping at the bit. Oh. Well, first of all, this is not the love of your life. Because if it was, you wouldn't worry about the weight gain. So probably break up with her and do her a favor. But if you're insistent on marrying her, you should know there have been studies done that show research shows that happy couples gain weight at the beginning of the relationship into commitment. So really? if you were to gain weight, and, and the reverse isn't true. So if you don't gain weight, it doesn't mean you're an un, unhappy couple, but it means you're happy. There is something about being comfortable. The thing is, if you love fitness, then love fitness. If you like to go to the gym, then go to the gym. Nobody is stopping you from doing that. And there, unless your fiance has been trending in a way to make you think otherwise that she's going to stop doing those activities 
with you, there's nothing to worry about except your own fat phobia. And that's what this is. Because why would you be worried about your fiance gaining weight if your friends are gaining weight if she is still happy and you're still in love with her? Now, if she tries to stop you from going to the gym and stop you from doing the things that you love, that's a different that's a different issue. And I would have problems with that as well. Just be who you are and let her be who she is and be happy together. Crazy ideas. Here's the thing. I think they should break up because if I found out that my fiance had submitted this letter into a radio show, you would be doing me a favor by getting rid of this relationship. And here's the thing. If fitness and health is genuinely a big part of your relationship and a big part of your life, that's not going to change just because you get married if it's a healthy relationship. If you have a lifestyle that you two have followed consistently and it hasn't really changed much throughout the relationship, putting a ring on it isn't going to change anything. Sounds to me like the dude just doesn't want to be married. That's kind of how I read it because, I mean, I don't even see why this is a concern and then to say, like, why can't we just stay engaged? So you want to present that idea to your fiancé who you're about to to get married to that maybe marriage is not the right thing if you're not excited going into a marriage and obviously it's not for you and it seems like he's using this as an excuse to hide behind it because he just truly doesn't want to be married i think this young fella has layers of issues that he could probably work out (laughs) in some therapy (laughs) sessions get it the bird show Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Lil Nas X's Long Live Montero documentary, the premiere of it got delayed because of a bomb threat at the Toronto International Film Festival. I can't even imagine how he must have felt through this entire thing. You're probably already nervous. You're showing up to the premiere of your documentary. It's a very vulnerable thing. And then 20 minutes before, you're supposed to step out on the red carpet. Yep, you can't because there's a bomb threat. Uh, Thankfully, it ended up just being just that was a threat. Um, It wasn't targeted at any one person, but still like a really scary thing and puts a whole thing on. um, I, I, I know how it feels to like, like I have a big podcast event coming up for mine and like I'm not saying I'm going to have a bomb threat but like you're there's so much that you're thinking about mm-hmm. and this is just making everything worse. And for there's him. no point in asking why cuz somebody who does something like that right. they're cuckoo bananas. Okay, do you have <laughs> that's do you have a celeb that even though you know you have no chance with them when they get married or when they get into a relationship, it still feels like a personal insult. Because that's how I felt when I saw that Chris Evans got married for the weekend. <laughs> I was shocked. You were shocked? That he got married, yeah. Why? Because he's just always been in long-term relationships. And I don't know. I just, I didn't think, I don't know. I just didn't see him getting married. And she's your age. Yeah, I uh-huh. know. I could have had a chance <laughs> is what I'm saying. He obviously wasn't prejudiced against dating a younger lady because I think Chris Evans is the superior Hollywood Chris and the big debates, the big debate against all the Chris's. I love Chris Evans the most. So I between Chris Evans, Chris, Chris Pine, Hem- Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine and Chris Pratt. You choose Evans. Yes. No Captain way. America. Hemsworth is the best Chris. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Hemsworth gal. Mm. I'm a Pine. Chris Pine. Pine. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they're all great. Chris Pine is. <laughs> Star uh, Trek. Captain Kirk. Most taking uh, Chris Rock. <laughs> That's that, yeah. <laughs> what would make you say that to me? <laughs> no, did, did you see Unstoppable, the train movie with Denzel? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the white guy. That's Chris Pine. Okay, got you. So he got married to his longtime girlfriend, Alba Baptista, who's 26 years old, my same age. They got married in Cape Cod. But here's what I thought was so interesting, because it was a very, it was supposedly a very intimate ceremony. They made all of their guests sign NDAs and give up their phones so none of their information would get out. But, But you know what I find interesting about that? 
is if I've invited you to my wedding, you are obviously a close friend of mine. You're maybe a family member. I probably trust you enough to keep your phones away and not take photos. I disagree. I love them. I don't trust them. Uh-huh. Especially really? if you've been drinking. I, you just, you, it's it's not nothing malicious. I don't think anything would done would be done with malicious intent. I don't think anybody would try to sell something to the tabloids. But it's kind of like, oh, who did that? Was, was it, it Tiffany Haddish? Did she sell out like Oprah or something at a party? I don't remember, but I was thinking. Beyonce. Beyonce. Tiffany That's Haddish right. did it to Beyonce, yeah. I believe. Um, Diplo did it like at the Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's Vegas wedding. That's right. Remember? Oh, yeah. And he like, because he was just being drunk and stupid. And it's like, oh, my God, they got married mm. courtesy of Diplo's live. And right. they were just like, yeah. So that that's that's my mentality. Well, I'm kind of bummed they made him do that because I've been searching for photos of this beautiful <laughs> New England wedding because I love to look at that stuff. And yep. I'm very upset there are no photos out. And they're big enough stars that I know that they're not going to sell their wedding photos to people magazine for an exclusive so I'm did, very bummed did you go and check out what she looks like and then compare yourself to her yeah I'm not as pretty <laughs> I get it I would choose her too <laughs> okay Cardi B she says she's ready to start making some more positive music about her and her husband Offset so obviously there's been a lot of negativity about them in the press a lot of cheating allegations a lot of actual cheating and their most recent song Jealous is all about the more toxic part of their relationship but she says she's ready to show a more intimate part of their relationship via song. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, we always okay. talk about the music. Let's talk about Because f- I feel like we always, like, on a tag mode when we do, like, songs together. So a love song. Yeah, let's do a little science song. Freaky, 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 freaky. A freaky love song. Yeah. A love song is one way to put it. Cardi made me walk back my opinion last uh, the last time I said that when I thought that they as a couple always arguing was a rollout for some music and then she talked about how, no, they just genuinely are ghetto and get into fights and get drunk and post things online and I was like, <laughs> I believe her. That's terrible. There was so much about them in the press that was negative because remember we, we had talked about Maybe him posting that screenshot of him accusing her of cheating just so that their song Jealous would get pressed. Right. Like, what kind of headline are they going to put out to make their next love freaky freaky song? You know what I mean? Like, is there going to be a headline like, wow, Offset really does cherish Cardi B? You know what I mean? Like, what screenshot's going to come out? What could be shocking? That. that. <laughs> Nothing. Right yeah. <laughs> He's been totally loyal and everything's going great in their relationship. I don't believe it. By the way, if you haven't checked out the pictures of Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, do it right now. Smoke for the, for the new song. For the new song. Oh my God, they, they are they are stunning. What's the I new bet. song? Bongos. I don't know is name that the name of it. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Megan Thee Stallion has been killing it recently. When she stepped out for the first time, she had this hot cat suit on. She's been looking good. Okay, their co- co-star was just convicted of a serious crime, but they vouch for his character. I'll tell you how Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher are justifying this on your next eBuzz on the Burt Show. Get it, the Burt Show. Mo, I was taking a look at uh, your Instagram stories while we were all on vacation, and Mo went to Columbia. Um, not South Carolina, <laughs> not Columbus, Ohio, Columbia, the country. And we'll get more into that in a second. But let me ask you a hypothetical situation here. Because okay. you went with one of your, your close dude fr- friends, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I saw you guys hanging out, doing all sorts of activities. I saw you guys by the pool also. Let me ask you a question. So it's noon and you and him are at the pool hanging out. And he realizes he's starting to get a little bit of a sunburn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and he says to you, yeah, well, can you like on my back, man, can you put the sunscreen on my back, dude, uh, on a scale of one to 10 with one being, oh, no problem at all. And 10 being extremely uncomfortable. Where are you going on that? Uh, oof, I'd say 
I would I would be at a yeah, about a nine of, <laughs> of being uncomfortable doing it. So guy asking other guy to put sunscreen on their back, very uncomfortable. The women, no problem at all, right? No, none no. whatsoever. Okay. So I just saw this on Reddit the other day. There's a whole bunch of these differences between men and women. And in that specific case, 42% of dudes say that they would be uncomfortable putting sunscreen on another dude's back. That makes me kind of sad. Why? I don't know. I just, I feel like it shouldn't matter. Uh, nah, I nah, think we're you, all on the homophobic scale somewhere. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> you better off asking a stranger, brother. <laughs> right. I, I, I see a project for Burton Mo this week. <laughs> I can't all reach right. his back. It doesn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you a step stool. Um, 10% of women said it would bother them to do for another woman. Yeah, no, not at all. No. Only 10 all right, so same gender uh, situations. Uh, However, for- having one of you, like Bert or Mo or even like Chad, Tommy, that would be a little weird having you rub sunscreen on my back. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. somebody's significant, somebody else's significant other or like somebody I work with. Yeah. That would kind of be odd. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. It would be odd if there were other people available. Like, oh, yes. if we were all here and you're like, Chad, can you put sunscreen on my back? <laughs> I'd be like, hold on. <laughs> Let me film the only time in his life he's going to touch a hot woman. <laughs> but, like, if there's no that one else so around, yeah. I don't think it's, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Okay. Mo, if you asked me to do that, I would spray the sunscreen on the wall and say, use the wall. Just rub your back against the wall. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. <laughs> like a bear scratching his back yes. on a tree? Yeah. And I would prefer that. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> um, all right, so Mo, again, you pull up to the hotel in Columbia with your guy friend, and they say, oh, my God, there's been a mistake here. Oh, all we have is one king size, we're room with a king size bed. So are you comfortable sharing a bed with your guy friend? Absolutely not. Really? No, that's why they got a pull-out couch in there. He'll be all right. No, there's not even a pull-out couch. It's just the bed or somebody's got a... Well, we're going to put the the pillows from the couch on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And and now we do. Are you going to make, like, the dude barrier? Yeah. Like, pillows down the middle of the the bed? The the only time I've ever slept in the same bed with another grown man was my dad, and it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, there was a story of two dudes here that uh, had to go on a promotion to a different city, and they ended up in that situation where there was one bed, two guys. (laughs) Uh, So they put an ironing board in between the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) So much. Like, you do realize sleeping in the same bed with another man does not make you gay, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, a lot of guys think it's the gateway. <laughs> Whereas if I'm sleeping in bed with another woman who's a friend, I've woken up spooning them. Yeah. And yeah. they're spooning oh, back. No, like, no. it's literally fine. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody. Yeah, no way. Most guys, one guy is going to go, I don't care, I'll take the floor. It's yep. stupid. Like, our girls' right. trip, in order to save money, we get a single room with two queen beds, mm-hmm. and we all four stay in a room. So, two of us like we're all sleeping together yeah. only 21% of women agree with a female friend that they would be uncomfortable sharing a bed so all right high. dudes 42 women 21% uh 44% of men are uncomfortable at a gay bar mm. i would not be uncomfortable and i have not been uncomfortable mm. at a gay bar now that is fun yeah, for it, me, it, getting like, hit on an, in a gay bar it ha- gives me more credibility than getting hit on by a woman. <laughs> it's a huge compliment. Yeah. What's that? It's a huge compliment. It's a huge compliment. I had fun at a gay bar. I turned up in there. It was fine. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we wouldn't put sunscreen on each other's backs, but as far as going to a gay bar goes, we're cool. 100%. Okay. Uh, 20% of women say they're uncomfortable at a gay bar. No. Um, 
48. How about you and your dude are uh, in Columbia together and you're having an emotional, just uh, some emotion hits you about your grandmother or whatever for whatever. Would you be comfortable crying in front of your dude? Him, this particular friend, yeah, I would. Most guy dudes? Um, Most of my friends, no. It, it's like a, it's like two guys, I would say, because it's happened before. I, I would be comfortable with it, but most guys, no, I wouldn't do it. Forty-eight percent of guys say they are uncomfortable crying in front of another dude. Wow! I try very hard for that to never happen. Eighteen <laughs> percent <laughs> of women say they're uncomfortable crying in front of another woman. God, we we do it on the air in front of tens of hundreds yeah. of people. I'm crying in front of strangers on the street. Like I got no shame. Forty-five percent of men are uncomfortable saying "I love you" to a male relative. Mm. I'm completely comfortable saying "I love you" to a male relative. How about to a male friend? Completely comfortable. Yeah. Me too. Uh, compared to seventeen percent of women. Mm. Uh, 17% of men are uncomfortable hugging a male friend compared to 5% of women. That doesn't bother me at all. I'm much shorter than you are. <laughs> I'm in the danger zone. I can see how that would be a problem. <laughs> Can't we just lo-fi? <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else or if it's a single girl summer there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year adam and eve is offering 50 percent off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up asap and you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery adam and eve ships things out in discreet packaging so you and deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount. Code Abby. Get it. The Bird Show. All right, let's get an update here moving on from uh, to our texting tutor because it was last week that she should have split the cost of a ruined apartment because they were co-throwing a party together and there was like a thousand bucks on the line here, right? Am I doing the recap? You sure are. Okay. Um, so she and a friend were throwing a birthday party for another friend. And she did not want to do it at her house. She wanted to rent a space. But the other friend is like, no, that'll be too expensive. You have a house. I got a small apartment. Like, your house is perfect. Let's just do it at your house. It makes the most sense. So she's like, okay. So she agrees to host this party, birthday party at her house. And got a little turnt. And there was some damage done to the home. And by some, I mean quite a bit. So the carpets were so screwed beyond like just being able to spray them and scrub them. Like she needs professional cleaners to come in to repair the carpets and clean the carpets. And then somebody broke the banister. Now, because she and her friend threw this party together and money is tight, she didn't feel like she should be on the hook for all of these expenses. So in texting tutor, we reached out to her friend saying, hey, let's, can we split this please? And the friend was a little incredulous, like... Your house, you decided to throw the party. Yes, man. I mean, she was, and so then she was like, I'll throw in for some cleaning supplies. I'll give you like 20 bucks for cleaning supplies. And we were like, no, we've, we've already tried that. Like this, it's too far gone. We need something stronger. And so she said they were, they were going to discuss it and get it. She was going to get a number 
and discuss it later, but we don't know if the friend did agree to go in on the cash or if she's just going to be like, yeah, no, your house, your problem. All right, here's our email update. Uh, I spent a significant amount of time gathering quotes from various professionals to fix the damages. The overall cost amounted to just over a whopping $1,000. It was that banister, I bet, Mm. that got busted. Uh, I texted her the quotes. Well, her response was, frankly, less than I had hoped for. Just brushed off the estimated cost as ridiculous. I tried to text her with her further to uh, tried to text with her further to show her more pictures and also a screen capture of the actual quotes I got. She completely ignored those texts. Then out of nowhere, I received a notification from Venmo. She'd sent over a mere one hundred dollars with a note that just said clean up. Oh, wow. <laughs> she man. sucks. Honestly, I'm at a loss here. I don't think there is anything I can do or say to get help from her. So I'm either left with the remaining $900 cost myself or live with the existing damages for the time being. I never managed host I, I never imagined hosting a birthday party would leave me with such resentment. It was a great party while it was happening, but it will definitely never throw another party at my place ever again. So she's going to have to pay these costs at some point or another anyway when she gets out of that apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, no, this is her home. So it's a home. Okay. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is her house. So it, here's the thing. She, she sent you 100 bucks on Venmo with the memo cleanup. That's all you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to charge it to the game. Some some lessons are, are, are expensive, unfortunately. But at least you know who she really is and she's out of your life. A part of me feels like it was almost more disrespectful to send $100 than yeah. to just say, I'm not going to do anything. Right. 100%. Clean up, mm-hmm. it says, right? Nah. Nah, I'm never going to get any more money out no, of her. No, uh-uh. All right, Mo, we got a couple of extra minutes here. So tell us about Columbia, dude. Uh, Medellin is amazing. This is my second time visiting Columbia. Uh, first in Medellin. And it's people have been asking me since, like, the whole week that I've been there. Like, what is it about Columbia that you love so much? And I've been thinking about it. It's tough. It's The first thing is, is the culture. It's just... It's so rich and it's so amazing with the people, with the way that they just go about living their life. It's like it's everything is fun. Um, The food is incredible. I had this experience where this is probably like one of my best experiences since I've I've been there. We went to a place and you were speaking earlier, Bert, about how the food in these different countries, you can get so much for so little. And I was shocked because we went to this restaurant. It was such great food. And we had like maybe six different meals, all of these drinks. It was it was incredible. And it was like 120 bucks. And so because we thought it was going to be so much more and the server was so incredible, we decided let's just bless her. Let's spend the money we thought we were going to have to spend anyway. And so we gave her a 100 percent tip. Oh, my God. And she cried. Yeah. She she just cried at the table because it was more money than she would make in a month, she said. And she could not stop crying to the point where she didn't believe we were doing it. And I was like, I think of the things I would do with 100 dollars here. And and I would not think twice of it. And to do that and to see her react that way, it's like those are the moments that you just get on vacations that really remind you of how blessed and how grateful you are that you I just don't seem to get anywhere else with mm-hmm. those types of experiences. I also did make the mistake of um, giving money to a kid because I was walking out mm-hmm. and I had a little bit of cash left. <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. And I, I gave it to him. And uh, our driver was like, yeah, get in the car now. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're about to get swarmed. Right now. <laughs> yeah. And so many kids came yeah. running from everywhere 
but it just goes to remind you of how fortunate you are. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's moments like that. It's party central. I mean, whatever day you want to party, you can find a party. And you don't have to go far. It's right there. It's all night. It's every day. Um, we got to do the Pablo Escobar tour, of course, because they, it was They Medellin. actually do something like that? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so they take you on a helicopter first so that you can kind of see the entire place. And then they'll drop you off. And it's um, it was honestly like... It touched me, man, because I think you, with a lot of the Pablo Escobar stuff, you just kind of focus on the entertainment factor of it. You know, obviously Narcos and things like that. But when you really go on this tour and see, like, all of the people that that um, that um were murdered and, and you see, like, all of the monuments and, and the bullets and the places that were bombed, it just really goes to show you how many innocent people really lost their life or how many people were fighting for a better cause. But, yes, they take you deep into, like, where, uh, where he used to live, where they came to get him and his family, all of the things that he had done. I mean, he did. It was like Robin Hood to them, basically. He did a lot mm -hmm. of good for some, but he did a lot of bad for others. And they tell you the entire history and the story behind it. You get to learn all of these things that they don't tell you on, like Netflix and things like that. That was incredible. Uh, we did a, a, quite a few different tours of the entire place. I did paragliding for the first time. Awesome. I am trying to picture you paragliding. <laughs> oh, you can see it on Instagram. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to post it today, too. <laughs> yeah. It was, honestly, it was probably the first time in my life where I was genuinely scared. Yeah. I was terrified. More than when we went skydiving? The guy couldn't believe that. What? Like, the guy that I went with was like, you went skydiving and you think this is scarier? I was like, by far. I, th I think it's scarier, too, for nah. some reason. It yeah. was. Have you done both? Uh, I have done both, yeah. You, you didn't think paragliding was scarier? No, I thought it was actually lovely. Really? I thought it was beautiful, yeah. I wasn't I, scared at all. I guess it's because, like, skydiving for me was fast. It's like you do it, and then boom, you're done. Whereas we were out there for maybe... 10 minutes, and after about five, I was like, all right, bro, we good. <laughs> like, Get me on the ground. We turn this We going by planes and birds. I'm thinking about the worst that could happen. I was cool, but it was worth the experience, but I was definitely terrified the entire time. You know, one thing I want to mention also that I forgot to mention earlier about Peru, and I think this probably is the same for Colombia and some parts of Colombia also. Look, the economic situations in these countries are so different than they are in most of the country here, but Anytime I visit a country like that, and I don't know, this is an American attitude, they're far happier. Far happier. Far happier. I mean, far ha I saw kids uh, that had made a kite out of a recyclable box because wow. they had no money for anything else. They were the happiest kids I'd ever seen. I've seen kids in Colombia playing soccer with um, aluminum cans. Totally happy, man. It's Always smiling and dancing. We're spoiled and entitled. In, indeed we are. Yep. It's The Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. It was either a passive-aggressive wink at us when we weren't around, or they were just messing with us for the sake of messing, or they were mad that they had to deal with this situation at all. I'm going to try to keep this as PG-13 as I can. Um, Let's just say when... um. Tiffany and I, my fiance and I just went on vacation. Um, she brought a uh, a back massager. Okay. A back massager. Mm -hmm. On vacation? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a back mm -hmm. massager. Yeah, no, I, Keep yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. why, why not? That's uh -huh. fun all around the world. Okay. <laughs> is that strange for you guys? Yes. Uh -huh. yes. Yeah. Really? Uh -huh. Yeah. I, just, I, I would just be busy doing other stuff on vacation. I don't have room for it. It's a hair straightener or a back massager. <laughs> I'm doing a hair straightener. <laughs> We're all talking about the same thing, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. So um, late one night, um, I guess 
she had a problem with her back and brought the back massager out and then fell asleep and forgot about it. And when we came back from our hike, housekeeping had come in and put the back massager in the middle of the bed on top of the sheets. Oh, yeah. That was a sign. Yeah, it was a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, come on, do better than this, Americans. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't hidden in the side drawer. No, it wasn't it placed been. in the bathroom next to the hair straightener. There's a bunch of other places they could have put that. Yep. Just like, Ooh. oh, I know the Americans are going to be embarrassed Ooh. by this, but nope, right in the middle of the bed. Did they not do one of those fun, like, towels? animals and like that was, that was the elephant's trunk or something like that. <laughs> that that would have been impressive. Yeah, that really would have. I, I can only imagine what they would have made with the towels. <laughs> Mikey, intern Mikey's not our intern anymore. He's our yeah. phone screener. Monday phone screener. Monday phone screener. You're looking at him. <laughs> Look at the nice cut he's got oh, going on, dude. How, how respectable do I look? Look at you. Look at me. What is that, school years have some kind of haircut code or something? Nope. I'm just trying to look like a good guy. <laughs> trying to clean up my act. Okay. We don't want that. Not, nah. That's not good for on air, Mikey. Uh, not nope. at all, man. I'll so you got on. dragged in a fraternity party that you hated? Yeah, I'm never going back. <laughs> Listen to me when I say I'm not going back. I'm calling it, uh, what did I call it? Walking, no, hell on eggshells. Hell on eggshells. Hell I'm, on I'm eggshells. trying to create a classic saying. You think that one's going to catch on? Hell, hell on eggshells. So you were walking on eggshells in this fraternity party, and it was hell. Yes. Okay. okay. Exactly. So I don't want to go to the fraternity party. My friend's coming into town. My lady's going. I got to go. Um, but the guy who's in the fraternity, he makes it seem like it's such a privilege for me to be invited to this. He tells me you have to behave. As an outside dude, yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. I know, but I don't want to be there in the first place. <laughs> I don't want to go. That's I'm, I like sit. I like a bar with a pool table, and I like a balcony with friends. <laughs> yep. I don't want to be at this stupid party. That is bars in a country song. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact. Sounds so good, though. Um, Just not your scene at all. I don't like it. And but if you're not a lady, and if you're not a brother, you're public enemy number one. Everyone's pulling you over, asking for your credentials. Who do you know? What are you doing here? Name five brothers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I just hate that. That attitude drives me crazy. So I'm not having fun. But I decide let's spice it up a little bit. So uh, I, I make this game with my lady. We sit on the stairs. I'm calling it Yap Yap Roulette. Um, <laughs> so basically how you play is you sit on the stairs and you come up with this fake storyline. You wait for someone to walk up. You come up with this fake storyline. So, for example, like someone will be walking by and I'll say, listen, if I would have known you were going to find out about this, I wouldn't have even done it in the first place. I didn't know she was going to tell you. And then some girl will pull over and start yelling at me, pointing her finger <laughs> in my face for a while. It's fun. It's funny. Um, uh, another one, like, I, I didn't know that you'd care that I had that STD. I didn't know. I, I didn't know it was a big deal. And so she gets upset. Someone comes yelling in my face for a while. We did it for as long as possible. Ruffled up some feathers, got kicked out. You got kicked out of the fraternity party for that? Yeah. So oh. I, I, I saw my way out. I didn't get carried <laughs> by my bell loops or anything. You ain't want to be there anyway. Yeah, so I got myself out of it, really. So if you're telling her that she, you don't want to be there in the first place, why even go? No, so my best friend I've known forever, he's going. All my friends are going to be there, and I want to spend time with them while I got them. <laughs> so I got to go to this. 
And I'm not just going to sit at home while everyone has fun, of course. I'm just going to complain about it on the radio after. Um, you're learning. Yeah. You're learning. And guess what? I had a good time. I think I'm going back. <laughs> if they you let you're invited, right. <laughs> get it. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Just wanted to give a quick content warning. This story involves rape, so if that's something that's triggering to you, um, might want to bow out for this story. But Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, they're apologizing for character letters that they wrote for their former co-star. So Danny Masterson, who played Hyde on that 70s show, he was just sentenced on Thursday to 30 years to life in prison for raping two women at his California home in the early 2000s. And it just came out that both Mila and Ashton had sent in character letters to the judge to be taken into into consideration for the sentencing. I so, don't think they thought that this was going to go public. They, I, they definitely didn't think that these were going to be read by anybody other than the judge, for sure. And now that they're out, it makes it look tone deaf. So... <laughs> Because of what they do for philanthropy. Yeah, so they're very active in the fight against human trafficking. So first, people were shocked that they would even go out on any kind of limb for this specific type of case. But the second thing is, now that we've all read the letter, the letter basically says, like, it looks very much like, oh, my God, he's never lied to me. He's such a good guy. He would never do something like this, we swear. And I think they use the word great role model. Great role mm-hmm. model, um, a, not a danger to the general public. And at the very end of the letter, I will say, it it doesn't, it says at the end of the letter, like, oh, we're not trying to discount what the victim's experience. We're not trying to say that this didn't happen, but it did look like they were trying to go out on a limb to make the sentencing less severe for his child because they talked about how they raised their kids together and how it would be important for him to be in his daughter's life. And so it's been rough for people to try and like to take that side at all because obviously like these are two victims that experienced horrific things to, to advocate for anything. More other than, than two than that. actually, but just the two that yeah. they found they found him guilty for because there was other accusations. Yeah, and I could see it. this is almost a tight spot because as I was thinking... This feels very black and white, but I wanted to empathize with this a little bit. So quite honestly, Kristen, you'll get a kick out of this. I thought, okay, who in my life could do something so out of their character and be found guilty that I would feel like I have to tell a judge what they are like in as far as I know them, right? And the first person that came to my head was your husband, Bart, okay, mm-hmm. who if you told me he did anything like this, I'd go, absolutely not. Right, There's yeah. just no way this guy is a man of character in the world that I know, not able to. So if you came to me and you said, would you mind sending, well, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's almost like a letter of recommendation. It's a character. It's a character statement. To the judge of your experience with Bart, would I do it? And my thought was, Yes. I would tell them what my experience with your husband is. Yeah. Reading up on this story and and knowing what Danny Masterson is accused of and not just accused of, but found guilty of, um, these were, you know, these were severe crimes and what these victims experienced. And apparently the victim impact statements were very, very moving in court, uh, which is why the sentence was as harsh as it was. Um, Scientology plays a big part in this because the church is getting attacked and that's another story for another time. Um, but it's funny you say that because I thought the same thing, like as far as a character reference and, you know, Ashton and Mila being put on blast, you know, especially for 
what they do for philanthropy when it comes to sex trafficking. But like, if, if like you came to mind, like I could never fathom you doing anything like this. So if you came to me and asked for a character statement, I, I would probably do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So obviously they've gotten a ton of criticism for this. They've known him for 20 plus years. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, it's hard because I mean, again, like there are people that come to mind when you think if I had to advocate for their character, you would want to help them in any way. But I mean, gosh, like, like, like you said, these are horrific crimes that it's, it's hard to balance that. I almost feel a bit jaded listening to y'all because I, I feel like I have people in my life who I, I would trust that they were on the right side of things because I've known them so long and I love them, but I don't know if I would sign off for anything mm-hmm. for anybody in particular. If, After you've if, been found guilty by a jury of your peers. I would. Mm-hmm. So I found it interesting because so Christina Ricci um, posted something on her Instagram, didn't name names, but basically said they can be a good friend and still mm-hmm. be an abuser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can be a good father and be an abuser. They can be a good husband and be an abuser. And I think this is just one of those instances where you knew a completely different person mm-hmm. than you thought was capable of doing this. Another thing I find very interesting, and this is speculation, but people are analyzing the video that Ashton and Mila uh, released saying like, oh, you know, we misstepped or whatever. And there's one part where Ashton says something, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, Danny's family reached out and asked us to write the letters and Mila makes like, it's the smallest little face, like an eyebrow raise, almost to say like, I knew this was going to be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Again, total speculation, mm-hmm. but go watch the video because just the way she acts, it's that minute, like, something was something's off yeah, about it. And I watched it a couple of different times, and it felt a little scripted to me. Oh, it felt so Were scripted. they, like, reading off of a... It was. It was a teleprompter or whatever? Well, I feel, like it, I feel like because this is so significant that you can't just do a video and wing it. I feel like you do have to have something written down to cover, like to cross your T's and dot your I's because the last thing you want to do is say something the wrong way and make it worse. I'm probably saying, I I mean, we can attack this from a million different angles, but I'm probably saying that right before I give the statement because it felt so disingenuous because they didn't acknowledge that. But then it's going to feel like if you come on camera and you're like, this is a PR statement or this is a pre-written out statement, then I'm going to be like, cool, your PR team wrote Mm -hmm. that. You don't mean a word of it. You're damned if you do. So so speaking of the video that we are now talking about, (laughs) here is a clip from the statement that they put out. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do And we're sorry if that has taken place. Mm. So it's it feels very a lot of language is, was obviously looked over by a lawyer and for good reason, too. For more stories, head to thebirdshow.com. Click eBuzz. Get it. The Bird Show. I can't quite tell who came out here. He did. He came out. So they're all doing great until he says, uh, I think I like dudes. And He's they're bad. married. Right. I mm-hmm. think I like dudes also. Uh, and this is new to their marriage. And she rightfully is a little confused and not exactly sure how to handle it. So maybe some of you guys listening have been in this situation before and you want to give some advice and we can put you on the voice disguiser if you want. one 855 Hi, Bircho fam. I could use some therapy. I'm struggling with my mental health and my sexuality. I am a 35-year-old man and have been married to my wife for 12 years. We have two amazing kids together. She's truly my best friend and the most amazing woman I have ever been with or ever met. We've had our ups and downs, but for the most part, we are extremely happy. 
Recently, I came out to my wife as bisexual. I grew up in a very conservative Christian family where being anything but straight was considered a sin. I've always had an attraction to both sexes, but hid the male attraction side of me as best I could. It is the only secret I've ever kept from anyone, including my wife, until now. Honestly, I thought I would outgrow it. I can confirm I have not. The conversation was brought up when we were talking about medical history and getting tested for different things. I told her that before she and I were together, I had actually hooked up with a guy a few times. It fizzled out about as quickly as it started, and I was never intimate with anybody else until her. She is the only woman I've ever been intimate with. A few days later, she had questions for me about my experience and if I'd been tested. I told her that I was tested about a year after he and I got together, which is more than 15 years ago, but I hadn't been tested since. She then asked me questions about if I had ever flirted with or been attracted to other men, to which I told her that I have never flirted with another man. I have seen other men and have been attracted, but never acted on that attraction. I've also been flirted with by other men and women and always shut that down. My family has a history of cheaters, so I made it my life's mission to always be faithful to my partner. During our conversation, she pointed out to me that there were times where she initiated piano playing and I didn't seem interested and asked if that was because I was more interested in being with a man than being with a woman. I told her I hadn't really thought about it and I wasn't really sure. Our piano recitals have been far and few in between. Sometimes it was me, sometimes it was her. I feel like that it was possibly me more than her. I also knew that piano playing for her sometimes was painful and I didn't like to cause her any kind of pain. I also didn't, uh, did not want her to feel like she owed me piano sessions. It's been a couple days since she asked me that question and I've thought long and hard on it and I still don't really know an answer. I would love some therapeutic advice or if somebody in the Burt Show community has dealt with something similar to this, how they handled it. I just feel lost and confused. Has anyone ever been in a situation like this where they came out to their partner and maybe realized the life they were living isn't quite what they wanted? I'm terrified because I don't know the fallout that could happen because of this. Any help or advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Bye. But questioning. Okay. This one is above our pay grade. Maybe one of you guys has experienced us before or one of you is a professional that can handle this one. Uh, 1-855-VIRTUAL. I don't even know where to start you guys. Well, I mean, you're in a committed relationship with your wife and yeah, you may be attracted to men, but that doesn't mean you want to cheat on her with other men, right? The same way like you're attracted to women. So hopefully you don't want to cheat on your wife with other women. So so you think this is him just confessing that he has feelings for dudes, but not wanting to do anything with it. I mean, yeah, if you're in a committed relationship, that would be the case. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can be bisexual, but being a committed, you can be bisexual and be in a committed relationship with one sex. I completely agree. I think that's the, the definitive line that he needs to figure out. Is it that you actually want to pursue your attraction for other men or yeah. is it just something that you have? Mm-hmm. Because one, mm-hmm. I think you just, you know, you're fine. it's okay, but you also have to give your partner uh, the time that she may need in order to process that information because I'm sure it'll be, it'll throw her as well. But that's what you got to figure out. And I think once you have that answer, you can figure out how to move. Because for me, it's like... I don't care who you're attracted to. You're with me. And that's all, that's all that should matter. So that's where I'm coming from, where I don't even think it would be a question if, I don't think it'd be a question whether or not he needed to explore it if he didn't really feel like there was something there. I can't really speak to being conflicted about your sexuality, but I can speak to growing up in a very conservative Christian environment where a lot of those feelings are very discouraged and and. like basically pushed down and suppressed. And you may be getting to a point in your life where you're 35 years old and maybe becoming an adult has given you the freedom of thought to really consider what you truly believe. And maybe that's something that you did suppress and 
as of right now, maybe you feel like it is bisexuality, but it also might be that part of yourself that you've ignored for so long finally coming out. And I definitely think it's worth talking to somebody about like a professional, but I also, I think you should do some self-exploration as well. Uh, This would make me very insecure as the partner um, because it feels like it's just a matter of time before he explores this with another man. The way I'm interpreting it is he's saying this to sort of open up that dialogue. So this would make me feel super insecure because I think it's just a matter of time. Well, that and also that you've hidden this part of yourself from me for so long. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is, I mean, very new territory that you're having to traverse. Here is Jennifer on The Voice Disguiser. Good morning, Jennifer. Hello. So my advice, I am both um, I am both an A piano player and I am both a bi piano player. Okay. And it took, yes, and I know that that's confusing. I'm attracted to both genders, but I am not able to play the piano very often because of both physical and emotional um, walls. And it took me, I was married when I figured out that I was attracted to both. And, um, and I had never explored that part of myself. And um, my partner at the time was really, really great about it. But we ended up getting divorced for separate reasons. And now I'm, and now I'm engaged to somebody who's, um, I'm, I'm in a straight relationship. And it's all about acceptance, I think. It's all about acceptance of who you are. I think being attracted to both is a spectrum. And if he really can't accept that, then that's something that maybe he should explore. Maybe that marriage isn't meant to be. But that acceptance is the first step. And that no matter what, he is the way he is. And he's awesome the way he is. And that's really just my, my advice. Yeah. It's just no matter what. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, the person that you're married to, you should be able to be 100% authentic, right? You can't live your life with any kind of lie like that. I need you to be about 99. 99 is solid. (laughs) That's pretty solid. Jonathan, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, I definitely agree with the last caller, but um, I just wanted to share that uh, my parents were, my dad actually came out as bi. Uh, with my parents growing up, and I'm 42, so this was like 20 years ago, but um, they kind of just had an agreement that he could explore that side of himself on the side, which I was really surprised to hear from my conservative Baptist, Southern conservative parents. Yeah. But but he, you know, with having four kids, they they decided, you know, we don't want to break up our family, and they love each other. I mean, he still cries every year. Um, she passed away about 25 years ago. Uh, I'm sorry, not 25, 15 years ago. And uh, so, you know, I don't doubt the love that they had for each other, but they had, you know, like like the last caller was a clear understanding of who the other person was and accepted that and loved them regardless. That's a pretty beautiful story right there. It yeah. is. It's the Bird Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.